It's another Sunday night, another year in comedy, and it looks like 2022 is pretty much the same old punchline as COVID roars across Canada, shutting down clubs and gigs everywhere in its path. We're checking in with some of our favorite producers and comics from coast to coast to see just how ready Canadian comedy is for another wave. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Happy New Year. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. an all-new Inside Jokes in an all-new year, baby! Is it really, though? Because the same things keep on happening. We're, of course, airing on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and, of course, coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, planet Earth-wide on the Global News Radio Network. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be, too. Uh, I've got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line with me after, I hope, what was a good holiday season and some relaxing and celebrating before, you know, Omicron reared its ugly head again. And now everything's just gone right back to March 2020 and everything is closed, Vince. Yep. Uh, New Year's (laughs) hangover, but it feels like a 2020 hangover from March. I mean, literally a month ago on this show, as we were heading towards the end of the season and heading towards the end of the year, you know, we were talking to Gary Rideout, some of the folks from Second City, and all the co- all the shows at Comedy Bar were constantly sold out, and they had a new venue opening, and Second City was coming back, and festivals yeah. were coming back, and good times, ain't it? Good times. As we, you know, it was it was like a silver lining end to the year. We started off the year just in more strangeness, and towards the end of the year, it was like, okay, comics figured out how to use the online platforms and build new audiences, and things are happening again. Venues are even opening and reopening, and new scenes are starting, and now. Here we are straight out of the gate in 2022 and the biggest news, of course, especially here in Ontario and next door in Quebec. So Toronto and Montreal hit especially hard, but uh, everything's just closed again. No more clubs, no more live shows, (laughs) no more venues. Uh, But you're playing a board game and you roll the dice and it's like move back six spaces, but we moved back like two years. It really has. It's been, you know, I mean, the whole thing has kind of always been one step forward, two steps back, but You know, one thing we talked about a lot the last season or two on this show is how, you know, versus when this whole thing first started, comics finally figured out sort of an infrastructure here. Is it the same as live shows and major festival? Of course not. No, it's not. It's a placebo in a way. But comics figured out how to find an audience online and just keep things going and work within these new parameters and and create new things. So at least we are hopefully in a different spot now. But again... You know, it's this sort of everything was turning around and reopening and, and even flourishing because audiences really wanted this stuff to come back. And now here we are again, Vincenzo, but we're going to check in with some of our favorite comics, producers, a couple of new friends of the show, uh, yeah. coast to coast, all over Canada. We're going straight from east to west. Uh, and we're going to figure west out to east. West to east. West to east. <laughs> we're going to figure out where, you know, where do they see this going? How long do they see this lasting? And How ready now at this point, now that we're heading into our third year of this absolute garbage fire, 
how ready now is Canadian comedy to ride out yet another one of these waves? How different are we than when it all first started? We're gonna we're gonna find out. We're gonna pick their brains on that. Hopefully, it's not gonna be too bleak of an hour yeah. to start the year. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. And hey, but hey, Vince, if there's anything we've learned about Canadian comics, is it's that. They are the most resilient artists on the planet and they can find the funny in literally just about anything as they've proven, especially the last couple of years. So hopefully we find some of that tonight, right here, full panel on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. Just because you aren't getting laid during the pandemic doesn't mean you can't look good not doing it. It is, of course, our first show straight out of the gate, brand new year of comedy. Not off, I gotta say, especially here in Toronto, not off to the best start. It really is new year, same shit. but as we promised... We are getting perspectives from comics, producers, performers all over Canada, what all the different scenes are looking like during all this. And more importantly, at this point, going into a third straight year of this nonsensical whimsy, how set up is Canadian comedy at this point to just sort of roll with this stuff and keep things going? Because one thing I've been talking about for the last season or two on this show is it wasn't the old quote-unquote gatekeepers and the industry heads that were really keeping all this afloat during the pandemic it was the comics themselves it was comics figuring out how to use these online platforms building digital festivals digital clubs tours all this stuff that just was completely shut down comics were just sort of figuring out how to keep things uh, alive first two comics out on the west coast certainly a fine example of this we've got harris anderson and aaron aria out in vancouver which I feel like it's a much different scenario right now than here in Toronto and Montreal. Uh, first off, how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well. Thank you. Doing well. Doing well. Thanks. So it is interesting. I mean, yeah, the big news, of course, this week coming straight out of the new year here in here in Toronto is that, you know, we're under a new lockdown again. Clubs, clubs that have just reopened a couple months ago and were really booming and thriving. I mean, everything in Toronto and Montreal was selling out because very obviously audiences were desperate to get out and watch live shows again. People have been itching for this. So, I mean, everything was just thriving and booming and selling out and venues were expanding. And now, of course, for how long, who knows, but it's all sort of gone on pause again. Do you guys see this as being sort of, and I feel like this was even happening a little bit before the pandemic, but certainly during this, do you see it as being a shift in Canadian comedy where, you know, it used to always be all about you'd rise to sort of the top in your scene, you know, Halifax, Calgary, Ottawa, Vancouver, wherever, and you'd make your way to Toronto, and that was sort of the hub that people flocked to. I feel like the last few years, with the constant stream of comedy albums that have been coming out, new festivals, new clubs, new tours, I feel like a lot of the weight has moved over to Vancouver, and Vancouver has really become a more pinnacle scene in Canada. Do you guys think with the way we keep on shutting down and putting all these restrictions that Vancouver's really going to be sort of the hub after all this? That's a good question. I mean, it's, it kind of remains to be seen. I mean, I think I think what, you, what you're saying about uh, things shifting more to Vancouver is, is is probably very accurate. I think with the internet, especially, the world is definitely getting smaller. Um, I mean, ever since uh, Russell Peters' uh, Comedy Now special went viral, how many years ago was that? Like 
yeah, 17, 30, 18 40, years ago. Yeah. yeah. A long time, ever since then, it's kind of been the, the world's, the comedy world's getting smaller. It's easier to share your stuff, put it out there. So maybe I think geographical, geographical location still matters, but, but less so uh, than it used to. Um, as for the restrictions, um, I, I think, I mean, uh, Aaron, Aaron is a producer, so Aaron, might, Aaron probably has a better perspective on this than I do. Yeah, I think uh, I would echo what Harris said uh, before. And I don't know if it'll completely shift to Vancouver. I could see it being a 1-1-A situation where, you know, Vancouver and Toronto maybe are the New York and L.A. of, of kind of what the U.S. has. Because I do agree Vancouver has an incredible scene and we've been able to maybe manage a little bit easier through these restrictions, perhaps, in some of the other provinces. In terms of producing, uh, yeah, we started up towards uh, the second half of 2021. And it was, you know, kind of similar to what you were saying, Dean, in that we saw a lot of sellouts and we saw that people were anxious to attend live comedy again. Yeah. And uh, in our show, we booked a, a fairly large venue and we capped it at 120 seats uh, just for service levels and kind of sight lines and to get an understanding. Harris was actually on that show. He performed, killed it, and it sold out within three weeks and uh, with with close to a month left of sales and uh yeah, so we do see that, and, and I think that's indicative of maybe what you're saying, but I, I don't imagine ever replacing Toronto, but maybe a, a, a second option for Canadian comedians. Well, and it's sort of a double-edged sword, too, that's happening right now, because, you know, just before we jumped into the pandemic, just before all this stuff hit the fan, we were finally seeing sort of this shift in Canadian comedy where we really, you know, cask, the first comedy union was formed. There was this whole big sort of battle and public outcry and pushback about getting comics their residuals back from airplays on Sirius and all that. A lot of comics live off of those spins. That's really, you know, a main source of income coming in for that. So we finally were really seeing this sort of, we sort of put the competitiveness aside because it, Canadian comedy, it's a small industry. There's a certain amount of things that everybody's going after and that's it. We finally sort of forged together this sense of community and, you know, the mindset in Canadian comedy for years was always, okay, I got to get JFL. I got to get the clubs to sign me. I got to get a few of the big festivals. Then I'm getting my visa, my paperwork, and I'm going to the States and that's it. A lot of people just sort of looked at it as a launch pad. I think there's been a shift where we're finally looking at Canada and going, no, I want to stay at home. We do. This is where we have the talent. I can make it a go here. And I mean, Aaron, producers like yourself that are building these comedy shows and these brands and taking them across the country. But it's sort of a double-sided coin now because comics finally have built this framework to kind of finally keep things here and make it viable here but then every two weeks <laughs> half the cities get shut down and live shows have to stop again so it's there's a lot of comics who went you know what i wanted to stay at home now i'm being pushed out you see we've talked to so many comics these past years that have gone to like austin texas and random cities all over the states just because there's no restrictions there and they can do what they do it's almost a desperation attempt you know yeah, I would just uh, I would just add that um, I mean everyone wants to stay healthy. I mean most of us want to respect public health orders and that sort of thing. But it's, I mean being friends with producers uh, like Aaron and um, guys like uh, Steve Allen in Vancouver, who's been producing shows for a long, long time. I mean uh, it's just it, it's when there's um, the same standard isn't applied to everyone. It was when, you know, in the, in the height of the pandemic, when bars were still allowed to operate at full capacity, but for some reason, shows were deemed not safe. Yeah. Uh, same with movie theaters. That, that could be very frustrating uh, for, for producers. 
I'm sure, and for comics as well. It was kind of like, well, why can't we do shows safely? But the sports bar down the street is operating more or less as it normally was. That's that was frustrating. Yeah, it is. There's been this sort of weird. It's almost like they're figuring it out on the daily as they go, and it's a lot of sort of like tit for tat. It's like, well, how come this venue can do this, but we can't do that? And it was a cruel reminder to comedians just how married we are to the hospitality business. That's where we live and work. We live and work in clubs and bars and restaurants. Not only are we dependent on obviously live audiences, but we are completely married to, you know, the food and drinks industry. That's the places we live and work in. Uh, So we saw a lot of sort of symmetry there where they would every time they would take a hit comedy would take a hit because it's all sort of married together uh we're going to come back and pick more pick your brains more on sort of where you see things going i mean hopefully obviously we're only a few days into the new year hopefully this isn't completely the tone of things to come um but also what we've done with digital platforms because i really think we've found some really absurd and unique and exciting inroads there that I think really were only born out of all this. So we're going to come back with more with Harris and Aaron right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, this is Peter Anthony. And if you have wonderful taste in comedy, you'll listen to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by Hakeem Optical. Helping you eye roll so hard at the insane garbage fire we're all trapped in. Vince, I do love these pandemic plugs. I, I, felt, like we were, I felt like we were going to finally be able to retire those at uh, on our Christmas episode, but nope. <laughs> How many did I wear? The gift keeps on giving. We've been omicron uh, of course, we have Harris Anderson and Aaron Aria joining us from out on the West Coast. Uh, I do want to pick your brains on some of this, you know, this digital stuff that did really sort of innovate and explode during the pandemic. Again, a large part out of sort of desperation. Comics just needed to be able to perform somehow and reach an audience somehow. Um, but it's a much different animal now than it was when it started, considering that this was sort of a framework that we had no choice but to figure out. It's really come a long way. I do think a lot of this stuff is now just going to be sort of part of the overall package moving forward because comics have gotten so innovative with it. I mean, Aaron, for you, you're a booker, you're a producer, you're still doing shows across the country and, you know, rolling with, I'm sure, whatever boundaries are there, depending where you are. For you, how important is this online presence now for, for building your stuff as a promoter? In terms of having an online presence, it's, it's everything. You can't, I can't imagine any scenario without it. The first show we did you know, we spent significant money to have uh, a videographer there, uh, a photographer there to make sure we had digital content after. And to answer maybe your other point, I would I'd probably answer it in two ways. One, I, I, I've yet to meet a comedian who, who prefers Zoom shows, so I'll say <laughs> yeah. that. But I will say it's not going anywhere. I, I think uh, pandemic or no pandemic, some iteration of this is here to stay. It definitely is sort of, you know, a placebo effect because, yeah, it's not... It's never going to be the same for comics as being on stage, in the club, in the room, live in the moment and feeding off the audience. It's just that's what the thing is itself, you know? So it's sort of a, well, okay, if I can't do that, at least I can reach out to people 
somehow and retain that audience. One thing I do think we saw, though, and I think we will see again after we come out of this wave and whatever else happens after that is, you know, I think it sort of had the podcast effect and the Netflix effect where you got sort of a whole new audience streaming this stuff at home that went, I never would have gone out and watched live stand-up before. That's something I want to go do now. And when you did see things reopen, I mean, here in Toronto, we certainly saw this massive, massive wave of new audiences coming out and just packing shows every night and selling everything out. So hopefully that's something that does linger after all of this. And I don't think it's mutually exclusive either. I think you're going to have scenarios where there are live fans and it's being streamed, you know, through Zoom or whatever. And I think some hybrid of that uh, could be the best of both worlds. So. Absolutely true. And I mean, in Vancouver and on the West Coast, it's been interesting because, you know, we've always been watching what you're doing out there from here. We talk about Vancouver comedy a lot on this show. We, of course, have tons of comics come on. They're plugging albums from comedy here often in 604 Records. That's been an absolute machine, that label, these last few years. But it's also been interesting watching the scenes in Vancouver, Alberta, especially Alberta's like, you know, the old school holy land of the road dog. I mean, that's comics play that circuit like for years it's always been some of the best places to perform on the actual road in Canada a lot of that stuff did manage to stay open and we were here in Ontario going I need to move there maybe I don't know what's happening here it it, it really I mean you've had your moments where things were restricted but I mean Aaron you were saying before the break that right now there is so, still sort of those loopholes where you could perform at a venue as long as it's not labeled a nightclub and all this stuff so you are you're open for business anyways out there uh, yeah, I would say probably more open for business than not. I think, for example, we had uh, our first show at a, a great venue called The Roxy. It's a famous bar nightclub in Vancouver. You know, venues like that right now are not allowed to be open until at least January 18th because they're not a food-serving right. establishment. Whereas a restaurant or a comedy club, uh, I believe we're now at 50%. Harris, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we're at 50%. So uh, That's right. Must yeah. be nice, Aaron. Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be like us going into Christmas going, ah, oh, comedy bars opening up a second one. Life is great. And, you know, little did we know. But you also don't have, you don't also don't have Doug Ford out there. So who knows? Uh, okay, we're going to go around. I mean, Aaron, I know you've been hard at work building these shows and going all over the country. Uh, so what's some of the stuff? We'll go to you first. What's some of the stuff you have coming up? And what's your whole brand? What's your whole label, my friend? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm a comedian myself. You can, you know, follow me at Aaron the Comedian on Instagram. But the big thing right now is is Jokers Canada. So that's where we are going to be continuing shows when it's safe and able, depending on what the venue looks like. And that can be found at Jokers Canada on Instagram or Facebook. And you can see amazing comedians like Harris. Like I said, he was on our first show. So check us out there and then visit us live. Jokers Canada, there we go. I mean, it is fantastic seeing that you are still able to take this thing all over the country and hopefully, you know, despite these pockets and hubs that are shut down right now, who knows? It's all temporary anyways, but it is nice to see you still keep this thing thriving. We need that now more than ever. And of course, Harris Anderson, you have an album that the good folks at home can tune into and download. Yeah, I've got an all, uh, all music album uh, coming out on January 22nd called uh, songs no one asked for that's coming out on <laughs> that's coming out on the comedy here often label and i've also got a uh, single slash music video people can check out called joe rogan that's doing pretty well on, on yeah. youtube it's amazing and uh yeah i'm excited to see how i'm proud of the album and i'm excited to see what people think of it it's an ep actually it's a half album it's an ep i yeah. mean again the, not not that it's super easy to find silver linings and all this but i mean it has been at least an incredible time for comics to really just 
put new things out digitally and maybe yeah do an album that might have been an idea in the back of your head or do something that you never got around to it's like now's the perfect time to float that stuff out there and get those get those downloads happening uh and harris where can we find you online as a comic i'm on instagram the the harris anderson and i'm on twitter at hello harris h-u-l-l-o harris there we go harris anderson aaron aria thank you both so much to get the west coast perspective and glad that you guys are all right thank you again to harris and aaron out on the west coast but now time to bring it home we're going to get the east coast perspective here in toronto next door our dear friends in montreal who are in the exact same garbage fire as we are and another friend of our show peter anthony back out in the maritimes back out on the east coast we haven't seen him in quite a while uh definitely in the good old days where we would have things like a radio studio and live audiences and human contact uh just a reminder to our listeners tonight's episode as always is brought to you by our good friends at hakeem optical because everything is terrible right now except your vision how about that uh johnny we had you on not too too long ago i think just before we headed into the holiday season uh elephant in the room you of course i mean we've talked to you many times over the years you run shows in montreal you book shows, you're a promoter, producer, a comic. Uh, last time we talked to you, you know, despite COVID things. Life was great. Driving. Life was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to the last show. What the last show? It was at the last show. It wasn't even that long ago. And things were selling out and you had full uh, audiences and life, life was fantastic. Here we are now, though. Montreal, of course, is completely shut down right now. And in Toronto, we just followed suit with that. We just announced that here ourselves. Uh, so we're in the same boat. I don't know. I'm going to pick your brains, man. I mean, nobody, listen, nobody has ever seen this before. Now we're dragging into, it looks like going into our third year of this nonsense where it's a lot of like hurry up and wait and everything just goes back and forth constantly. For you, I know you were able to still build a lot of stuff online and work within whatever parameters you had. Do you really see this lasting the full year again though? Like what, what, what is your optimism at right now? (laughs) Um, well, like I said to you uh, backstage, I've been wearing the same clothes since Christmas. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what day it is, uh, but I know that it's there's definitely something really weird happening out there as far as just a vibe, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I would like to think that it'll be open before we know it, but that's what we thought two years ago. You know what I mean? That is what we thought two years ago. And I mean, you know, when we were talking to the guys out on the out in Vancouver there earlier in the show, we were talking about the fact that, you know, when COVID first, first started, and I'm sure Peter remembers this well, because, you know, you go from being doing road gigs and working the clubs to all of a sudden everything just shuts down overnight. But when it first, first hit in 2020, we all, nobody knew what the heck it was. It was bizarre. You'd go to the grocery store and the shelves are empty and everybody in a panic, just, you know, yuck, yuck, shut down and everything just stopped everything. I'd like to think at this point that we've figured out some stuff, even though it's annoying because we're not the ones choosing to close it down, obviously. But I, I like to think that Canadian comedy has sort of built some sort of a framework to at least ride out these ridiculous waves. I mean, Peter, you relocated, you went back home, you're back out in Halifax now. What's the, I mean, here in Toronto, as you know, all of your friends that are still living and working here, everything's shut down. What's the vibe like out there right now, man? Like, is there anything even happening right now or what? Well, when I first arrived here, it was, um, you know, everything was slower, mm-hmm. but it, it is the East Coast, so I expected everything. <laughs> um, 
but you know, it, it's a it's a bit of a shock to the system to not only leave the Toronto scene, but to come back to the East Coast and not only have to adjust to the slow pace in general, but also just the slow pace due to the virus. So yeah, even when we had even when we had shows going, they were at limited capacity. Um, and you know what it's like to play a, a, a comedy room where people are sort of separated and in groups and there's no cohesion to the to the room and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So you're kind of adjusting to that thing. But I think I think in the bigger picture, mentally, the mental adjustment it has been the biggest challenge. I think one thing our industry has uh, gone through uh, over the course of the last couple of years is just trying to like, you know, figure out how to navigate a, a scene where we can't sort of even make short-term goals like one yeah, of, yeah one of my things every year around this time is I generally try to make some short-term goals uh with about my career things that I can try to achieve in the year coming up and this is the first year guys I just said the hell with that <laughs> no goals <laughs> any goals because I'm kind of sick of just being in a situation where um, I can't do that. And, and there's no, it's not my fault or anybody else's fault. We're just not able to navigate those waters anymore because we don't know where the turns are coming, where the rapids are going to be. And we don't even have a boat right now. So you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm just kind of out there treading water like everybody else and trying to get through it and waiting it out. And hopefully it doesn't last as long this time. Really taking that analogy for a walk too, by the way. Hey, you were... <laughs> That's the writer in you right there. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I want to pick your brains on this more when we come back from break too. But I mean, one thing we've seen a lot of, and I mean, we've talked to comics all over Canada, all over the US, is a lot of comics partially because of career reasons. I think part of it too was also just like roots and family. Because as you know, being a comic is a lifestyle gig. It's 24-7. You have to constantly be on the go it's it's a strange job it's an all-consuming thing i think the pandemic forced a lot of comics to sort of go well this is a time where it's more important for me now than ever to get back in touch with family and go back to roots and be you know figure out who i am actually off stage again because we don't think about that stuff yeah 100 percent. and that that was one of my main motivators obviously to move back to nova scotia where, where i grew up and because everything just sort of you know, you're in Toronto and you're in the madness and you're running along with your, with your career and you're doing gigs and you're not even really taking a lot of time, like you said, to think yeah. about things. And then when I was given that time, I started to realize different things that were important to me, which kind of led me to coming back here. Um, which isn't to say like when things open back up, I can get back out on the road. The other thing we learned is it doesn't really necessarily matter where your home base is. That's another thing that COVID has yeah. So yeah. people are people are sort of setting up shop where they feel comfortable and then you sort of make your career from there. So, you know, with, with the type of career where you can travel a lot, do gigs here and there, and hopefully that comes back. Uh, I'm not convinced that you need to be in a major center. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll end up back in Toronto. We'll, I'll see you guys in the studio in like a year from now, but for the time being, this is home base and, and we'll see how it works out. I agree. I think a lot of people have tapped into that. All right, we're going to come back with more Johnny and Peter and figure out where we see things heading in the new year. Oh, God. Right here on right Inside downhill. Jokes. <laughs> hey, this is Johnny Fiaschi from Snob Media, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Uh, E-transfers are accepted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let it bump, though. Uh-huh. Drop.
some of the hottest cars New Yorkers ever seen. For dropping some of the hottest verses rappers ever heard. From the dope spot with the smoke block, singing the murder scene. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. It is a new year. Same shit. Right here on Inside Jokes, we're talking to our good friend Peter Anthony out in Halifax. And of course, we got Johnny over in Montreal, which again, bless you, sir, because last time we talked to you, you were just had a full calendar of busy things. Mm. <laughs> and now Toronto oh, and Montreal God. are just a giant dumpster fire. But hey, for who, who long, how, who knows how long that'll be. Uh, but Peter was saying before the break, I think this is absolutely true, is that, you know, all this pandemic nonsense did actually teach us that it doesn't really your geography doesn't matter as much anymore i mean you can be at home pumping out albums and putting out stuff online and then depending where you're going go and hit the road and do all that i mean peter we've even seen some really strange new scenes crack open during all this a few months ago we were talking to a lot of canadian comics that made their way down to austin texas now that became a hub out of nowhere and half of them are canadians right now yeah, and I I think that's true, and I, I I've I've sort of been following that scene a little bit too, and and just uh, just watching what's going on down there with guys like Jason Rouse and seeing what he's been up to. Yeah, it's funny how that happens, you know, and I don't think it's a plan how that happens. It just sort of happens organically, is the sort of cliched word to use there. But I, I think when I when I came here to Halifax, same kind of thing. I was like, wow, kind of amazed that. Uh, the comics that were here and doing it here and meeting new people and uh, a lot of young, vibrant, uh, passionate people uh, doing it, setting up rooms, getting out there. And uh, I was kind of amazed about the Halifax scene because I thought there'd only be like two or three comics, but there's probably like 30 or 40, which which was pretty amazing, you know, when I moved here. So, I mean, yeah, it's not just the major centers we think about. You're, yeah. you're Toronto, New York, LA, Vancouver. It's all these kind of, I call them B or C cities that, yeah, yeah. that are that are popping up and also developing their own unique styles and their own unique voices too, which which is welcome, you know, because uh, the more of that, the better. It totally is. And I mean, Johnny, you're in a bit, you're in a different situation really because, you know, the shows that you produce and the, and the, the brand that you've built, the label you've built for yourself, I mean, it really, Montreal's in in its blood. I mean, you are so tied to the sort of fabric of that city. You're doing yeah. bilingual shows. You're doing shows for huge Montreal Italian audiences. The shows yeah. you do are very much, they bleed Montreal. So in a way, I mean, you, I'm sure you could move elsewhere in Canada and do whatever the heck you wanted as a comic and start new stuff as a producer, but the you sort of almost have to ride this stuff out and wait it out because what you've built is so Montreal. That's exactly what, I'm doing. I mean, I had a, <laughs> I had a, a huge show planned for February um, with uh, Gino Durante. Who's, yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much in, a, in Montreal, he's he's almost like, you know, Sugar Sammy level or like uh, Rashid Baduri. Or, um, but we don't know. We keep going back on like, oh, do we postpone or do we just cancel? We like because we just don't know. And it's back to that same, you know, yeah that that was a few years ago versus like two months ago everyone was like oh we're pumping out shows we're gonna produce shows we're gonna do things and now it's just hey um you know here we are it's like a hurry up and wait yeah yeah it sucks too i mean it's a it's also for the the whole entertainment industry in general like a lot of the shows that were let's say concerts that i'm a huge concert goer like from 
2020 that were postponed to February 2022. It's not happening. Yeah. Like, I have to come no, to I terms with that it's not happening. You know what What's I mean? Just for last going to look like come summertime. Well, there's that too, you know, and, and it, it's just a, it's so frustrating. It's just like the waiting game now. It's just like, this is what it is, but come on. We love by the this. time, by the time, uh, by the time JFL comes back this year, it's going to look like the film festival on the Simpsons. That's what's going <laughs> to be man hitting and groin with football. That's it. <laughs> yeah. you like three comics there. No, I mean, it is, it is frustrating in that way too, because it's like, at least if you had a guarantee, at least if you knew, okay, by this date, I can, I have the go ahead to go do this thing again. Yeah. Because it's a lot of like you put your time, your money, mm -hmm. your energy into all this stuff. Comics that are waiting for work, they're like, okay, I've got this big gig on the calendar coming up. This is great. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, you know, you find out a week or two before. The issue is, without getting too political, is also the governments, right? They're like, oh, we're going to do this for two weeks. But yeah. it's not going to. It's you know, You know, like we've been down this road before, dude. Like, don't lie, you know? Oh, here. In, yeah, absolutely. Like here in Toronto, we got the word yesterday. My restaurant closed yeah. yesterday. We just reopened like November 17th. Imagine. They're saying like three weeks. But again, last time they said three weeks, it was like the entire. To flatten the curve. Here's the thing. It is. And I mean, you know, we don't usually talk. I mean, we talk about COVID on this show, of course, because it's been obviously a huge elephant in the room for comedy. It's been so tied in with our entire industry. But we don't get into the political side of things. And obviously, I'm not going to Joe Rogan no, and no. be like, I'm a health expert. Do you want it, Dean? Do you want to get political? Well, here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I do wonder about at this point, though, because it's sort of a double-sided. Like, I get the whole, yeah, we can't overload the hospitals and all that stuff. 1,000%, I understand that. There is some part of me in the back of my head, too, though, that thinks at this point, you know, these waves are going to keep coming. These variants yeah. are going to keep coming. People are doing what they got to do. You go and get vaccinated and you distance and all that stuff. At a certain point, though, we if we keep on just shutting down businesses, not only are we going to be printing fake money and the economy is going to tank if it hasn't already, it's also at what point do we actually just let ourselves build up some kind of an immunity so that it does become a, eventually a fears down the road, another cold or flu, you know? Otherwise, just we're going to go on with life. Just go on with life. the flu? Yeah, like, otherwise it's going to be this endless loop, it feels like, you know? I've built up a, a pretty solid immunity to government bull****. I don't know. If you guys <laughs> know. That's really going through my... Best line tonight, Peter. Best line yeah. tonight. Yeah, that's great. One thing I wanted to say, too, just while we're on the topic, is one of the reasons we got into the comedy business is because we don't like authority. We don't like mm -hmm. being told what to do. We don't necessarily like rules. We kind of just want to go our own way and do our own thing. Yet here we are at the, you know, basically at the feet of government saying, please let us do this or please let us do yeah. what we want to do. So it's it's almost like a double whammy. We don't have income. We don't have gigs. And then we're we're also, you know, at, at the mercy of these these overlords or governments to tell yeah. us. What to do. So it's a it's a bit of a it's messing with our minds, too, a lot, I find, too. So Amen. Amen to I, that. I hope, if, I hope if anybody's out there and is having any issues or problems with those kind of things, make sure you're talking to people and reaching out to your buddies in the industry and friends and and, and be having these discussions, because I know that helped me a lot, especially the first year under this uh, BS. Right. Oh, totally. And all the, you know, you're out of work. You can't do what you love. It's this sort of forced isolation. So, you know, those people who are single or who are live by themselves or whatever the case is it's like yeah it's a lot of sort of things hitting you all at once and i i feel like if there's anything comedians don't need 
It's more darkness. <laughs> Where's the noose? Where's yeah. the noose? If there's anybody who needs less of that. Why do you think my walls are all painted white? You can see Because <laughs> normally we take that stuff and we use it and purge it out on stage, but it's like, well, now you don't have that element. And who knows what's going to happen? Uh, all right, we're going to come back with more of our panel, wrap things up, take a look at the year ahead right here on Inside Jokes. Hi, my name's Graham Kay, and you are listening to Inside Jokes 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is, of course, a new year, same <laughs> brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Love that title. Right? God. Brought to you by Hakeem Optical, because everything is terrible, but your vision doesn't have to be. One thing uh, I was curious to pick your brains on, I mean, Peter, you certainly know here in Toronto, you know, a lot of those like cult heritage shows that didn't outlast COVID. Do you think we'll ever, we'll get to a point eventually when things do blossom open again, where we'll see those kind of rooms being built again? Will we see sort of a new generation of those? I mean, I, I think so. And I also, I hope so first. And I, and I do think that will happen. And I, I think um, if anything, uh, maybe we come out of this with an even more fresh perspective on life and experience and work and family and hobbies and death. And we have more to say about everything because this is a collective experience. My friend calls it a collective trauma, a worldwide trauma. And I think that's yeah. So I think there's going to be a lot of healing to do. And as, as you know, we like to do that by making people laugh. So I think, I think I'm hopeful for the future of our business. I think if anything, a lot of people have been become even more fans of stand-up comedy during mm-hmm. the pandemic that they've seen a lot of specials. They've seen a lot of content. They've, become fans of people they haven't heard before. Yeah. Uh, so believe me, when, when things open back up, the rooms will pop up, we'll be out there, and it'll probably be better than ever. I hope so. Hey, man, look at that. That is the most positive thing anyone has said this entire hour, and <laughs> arguably for most of the last year as well. Uh, Johnny, I mean, for you, when Montreal does open up again, and yeah, who knows what the festival's going to look like and all that stuff, how much do you think it's going to sort of do you think the, the actual flavor of Montreal will bounce back? Because, I mean, yeah, Toronto is the huge comedy hub and all that stuff. But what really sets Montreal apart is, you know, there's that joie de vivre. Like, it really is Canada's New Orleans. I mean, when you go to a Montreal show, like the shows that you produce as well, it always has complete – it's it's its own animal in Montreal. Shows there feel like an event. It feels like you're at a live outing. It just doesn't feel like just a show. It's something more. Do you see that that feeling sort of returning to the city itself? I think I think that that vibe that that joie de vivre will always be there. I mean, uh, like for example, when we when I started doing shows again uh, last summer, as soon as we announced it, like people need to, they want to go out, they want that. Yeah. So like, and then for example, even though the the fest the JFL was smaller last summer, people were still roaming the streets and like just eating on on eating on patios and eating uh, out and all that stuff. And yeah. Um, and it's even when they did the smaller version of the jazz fest, which is a world renowned festival here, 
uh, people were in the streets, people were walking around, people were attending live shows outside. Like, you know, so that that won't leave. That's what makes this city what it is. This is what keeps us alive. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, even the, the festival itself. I mean, here in Toronto, yeah, we have JFL 42 and, you know, we bring in some of the biggest comics on the planet. Mm. But it isn't the it isn't the same. It isn't the same animal. It's like here you have to see a billboard on the subway and intentionally go to the Sony Center and all that stuff. Exactly. Montreal, yeah. It's like comedy Mardi Gras, man. Like it just everywhere. Up yeah. the city. It's it is the yeah. city. Yeah. Uh, where can we find your stuff online, Johnny? And we'll flip it over to Peter as well. Snob Media, follow me and uh, just, you know, drop a DM or something. Follow us. Cheer <laughs> comics up. That's, that's amazing. Peter, where can we find you, man? At Peter is funny underscore IG. At, at Peter is funny without the underscore was, was not available, but I'm always at Peter is funny. You'll find me. And uh, I got some new stuff up on Spotify under an album I called 46. Check that out. Also, uh, you may or may not see me at the Halifax Comedy Festival. There <laughs> may or may not be a Halifax Comedy Festival. That is our show. Thank you to our comics all over Canada, Vancouver, Alberta, the East Coast, and of course our dear friends next door in Montreal. That is our show. You can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt Sandra Carusi's Comedy RX. This week's Comedy RX is Peter Anthony. I enjoy traveling a lot. I travel, which is great. It's a, it's a good time. You learn a lot when you travel. I drink too much, so I get hammered. Are you with me? Oh, my God. That's... Wow. You shouldn't drink when you're on vacation. You should drink at home. This is where your problems are, you know. Because it ruins your trip. I'm coming home. Pete, how was your vacation? I don't know. I don't even remember the flight. I'm trying to figure out where the hell I was. Might have been Cuba. When I got home, there was a kid in my suitcase. He's for sale. He's going cheap. He's a little hairy, but that's going to fall off in a couple of weeks. My buddy takes a lot of trips. He's always going away. I'm like, what's all the trips you take? He's like, dude, it's to escape the hustle and bustle of everyday life. I'm like, take drugs. You're going down south, I'm going downstairs. No passport required. It's like, Pete, it's all-inclusive, man. All you can eat, all you can drink. I'm like, that's called Mom's Place. Still have a key. He comes home, too, and he has to brag about his trips, and he's got his photographs. He's always like, oh, here's me at Big Ben when I was in London. Pete, check it out. And Oh, here's me at the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Regarde. I'm like, screw you, man. I don't show you pictures of what I do in my spare time. Here's me passed out in my shed. Oh, you like this one, Gulliver? <laughs> yeah, this is me screwing your girlfriend while you were in Germany. 